Well, I greet you in Christ's name. Uh, I felt uh, I kind of lost my, I was thinking about preaching and I watched that video and it's like amazing. You know, it's talking about no more burdens to bear, and no more sickness, no pain. And I love that. Uh, that's our. That's what we are in on earth. We are striving for heaven for some of those reasons. Some of those reasons that we don't uh, like about our life is because of the burdens that come with it and sicknesses and pain and things like that. We can think. We can name a lot of stuff. And that was very, very good. I, I love. I love that. Uh, I haven't watched that, but I used to watch uh, the Gaithers, and I haven't watched them in a long time. So, thank you for sharing that. I feel the Lord has led me to share a message uh, today. It's very simple, and that is, are you committed to the Lord? How committed are you? How committed am I to the Lord? And I'll be, I'll be sharing a story out of the, the Old Testament uh, from a young man that was committed. <clears throat> the psalm says, uh, Psalm 37, it says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Delight yourself in, also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. A couple of promises that we need to commit ourselves uh, to the Lord and trust in Him, and He will give, our, give us our desires. Uh, today I'll be talking about a young man, a uh, young guy. I would like to ask the children who this is, a uh, young guy that uh, ended up in a pit. Can somebody tell me who ended up in the Old Testament? He was a young, young boy. And he was, he was a, sh- a sheep herder, and he ended up in a pit. Gia? Joseph, very good. Okay, so I'll be talking about Joseph a little bit. And this is a, this is a story of a life that was committed to the Lord. And it's a, it's a whole lifetime, actually. And he went through a lot of stuff, a lot of pain, a lot of, lot of uh, things he faced in life. And uh, still, I wonder... He was from a family of 13, and he had, he had 11 brothers, and I'm, I'm a family of 14, and I can't imagine my, all my brothers hating me like that, that willing to throw me in a pit and sell me off to some uh, foreigners, and that's exactly what happened to this young man. Um, I will, I'll be reading a bunch of uh, different uh, verses. I'll be skimming through the life of Joseph. So it'll, it'll miss some stuff that happened, some of the dreams that happened, some of the stuff he interpreted and things like that. What I'm trying to bring out is the life lived for the Lord and committed to the Lord. Uh, Genesis 37. If you turn to Genesis 37, there's a couple of verses there in uh, chapter... Uh, Genesis 37, verse 12 to 28. <clears throat> And there's Bibles behind your pews if you want to follow along. Um, Genesis 37 says, uh, in verse 12, it says, Then his brothers went to feed their uh, father's flock in Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, this was uh, Joseph's dad, he said, are, you not, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here, I'm, here I am. And he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and, well, and with the flocks, and bring back word to me. He, so he sent him out to the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him. There he was, wandering in the field. And a man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me uh, where they are feeding their flocks. 
The man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now they, when they were far off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. And if you, if you know the story, the reason that this, one of the reasons his brothers didn't like him is he, he used to have dreams from the Lord. And he told them about it, and that bothered them. And I feel that the reason they couldn't hear this is because their heart was full of wickedness. And they, they, they belonged to the same family. They heard the same words from their father, but they weren't committed to the Lord. Why not? They said uh, to one another, Look, the dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us kill him now and cast him into, into some pit that we shall say that uh, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it and delivered him out of his hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into a pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his, of his tunic, which means coat. They stripped him of his coat, the tunic of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And then they sat down to eat a meal, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, and on their way to carry them to Egypt. So Judah, so Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and, and let not our hand be upon him, for, we shall, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. So they ended up selling their own brother off to uh, foreigners, and he ended up going to another country. I would like to read uh, in chapter 39, 12 verses. <clears throat> so Joseph is over in another, another land, probably can't understand the language, and uh, he's, he's a slave. He's, he's been sold from a wealthy family that had sheep and cattle, or at least sheep, but a wealthy family. And now he's a slave. And I don't know how old he is, but he's maybe 15 to 17 years old or something like that. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, and an Egyptian brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had, ta who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was, he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all he did to prosper his hand. So Joseph found favor in, in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had was put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house that he and all he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had and his house and the field. Thus he left all that, that, all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass that after these things the master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to the master's wife, Look, my master does not know what he what is with me in this house. He has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me 
but you, because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. And it happened at the, about this time that when, when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men were of the house was inside, that she caught him by the garment saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in, his, in her hand and fled and ran outside. It's just a story of a committed person. Um, and I'm not here to talk about what happens in our country, what, what has happened in my life, when, ping, when things are grabbing for me, grabbing day after day. Uh, but this man had, had committed his way to the Lord beforehand. And right here, things were really well. He had, he had all. He had power in the house. He had everything. Uh, everything. His master, his master was a ruler, and he, had, he was basically right under him. He had everything. Things were good. Still, he didn't sin. Uh, verse 41. Uh, there's a couple of verses in uh, chapter 41, uh, verses 14 to 16. A couple, couple pages over, uh, chapter 41, 14 to 16. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him out quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved and changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had, I have had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it. But I've heard it said that you heard it said of you that you can understand a dream and to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So what I skipped here is uh, there's a couple people in prison with Joseph when he was there. A couple of years. This guy was doing well, doing good, was sold as a slave, was over there in that country, doing well, and there was blamed for something that he didn't do, ends up in prison. And while he was there, he interpreted dreams. And then the Pharaoh, the ruler, has a dream, and nobody can interpret it. So that's why they call it. Then somebody, the butler, remembered that Joseph was in, in prison. And uh, so they got him out, and this is, and then that's what Joseph said. He said, God. He didn't say, I can. He just said to God. He was pointing people to the Lord every, every time. He said, God. He, he gave God the glory. I would like to turn to uh, verse 37 to 42. <clears throat> so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, in the eyes of the servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Insomuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house. All my people sh shall be ruled According to your word, only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Why was Joseph promoted like this? This is a young man uh, that lived in his house probably well. Maybe, uh, maybe wasn't educated very well. But here he becomes the ruler of the land, basically. Everybody shall be ruled by his word. What's the, what's the answer? What's the key here? It says in uh, verse 38 here, Can we find such a man as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? I think the key is there. The Spirit of God was with him. He had committed himself to the Lord. 47, uh, chapter 47, is uh, a little bit more of his story. 
Uh, a lot of things happened in, in some of this stuff that I'm skimming over, but uh, chapter uh, 47, 20 to 26. Joseph brought all the, all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. He bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. Now he's buying everything. He's buying the whole country. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priests he did not buy. For the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate the rations which Pharaoh uh, gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I brought you and your land in this day. I'm sorry, in verse 23. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I bought you and your land this day for favor. Look, here is your seed. Here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land, and it shall come to pass in harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food and for those of your household and food for your little ones. So they said, you have saved our lives. You let, you find, uh, let us find favor in the sight of your Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servant. And Joseph made it a law all over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth except for the land of the priests only which did not become Pharaoh's. So they had to give 20% back. He bought everything, but, he, uh, then, then they had to, but they eventually got it all back because uh, they got 80% of their, their profits. So I bring this story out uh, just to point out that this was a man that was committed to the Lord. How can one young man that grows up in a family and ends up a slave, sold, uh, cheated by his own brothers, and um, ends up that God is able to use him? And in, in the end, what we didn't read is he saved his own family. And if you, if you know the story, we went down to uh, Lancaster and watched the story on the played out, and that was that was really cool. That, a couple of years ago, we went down there and seen that, and uh, uh, it's really Joseph is a really good one to watch. It's really amazing to how God worked through that. Why didn't Joseph have bitterness, anger, hate uh, in his life? Because he was despised and rejected by his family. Or why, why, does it, why is the story not filled up with uh, pride? Because he, had, he was a ruler. That'd be the natural thing to do. I have things in my past that I hang on to, and I want to be bitter about, or angry, or prideful. Things that didn't go well with some of my relationships. I hate rejection. I do not like rejection. It's painful to me. Yeah, what, uh, what happened to Joseph's feelings and desires? Why was he in prison for years for things he was doing well? He was serving his master well, and he ends up in prison because of one person. He could have been bitter at that. The answer is, uh, he was committed to the Lord. He was connected. He wasn't just, uh, he wasn't just walking or pretending. He wasn't just doing his thing, but he was really connected to the Lord. That's how he can overcome that. 
Um, what are we to do if we face things like this? What do we face hardships and we're going through life and God is, God is wanting to use us, but what if we are hanging on to other things like bitterness, anger, unforgiveness towards our family or, or our mom and dad or things like that? What if we have pride in our heart that God can't use us? I would like to turn to John 15. This is hope. John chapter 15 is Jesus talking um, to his disciples. The answer is in the Spirit of God. That's how we do this. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the one that was left. That's the one that we sang about this morning. The one that is here today. Peace, love, and joy is available to all of us. If we're facing, if we have, if we have fear and anger and things like that, fear. If you turn on the news, I mean, it's hard not to talk about what happened in our country this week. What about that? What about COVID or the things that people? Uh, earlier this week, I had somebody tell me that he lost seven seven family members to this sickness. I guess seven people died. Uh, what happens to this? What happens to our feelings about that? Um, John 15, it talks about uh, what Christ said, uh, how we need to be connected. Let's be connected to the vine. Um, I thought I would talk a little bit about vines. Uh, in the beginning it says, I am the true vine, and my father's the vine dress in John 15. Now, yesterday I was walking around my woods and I happened to think about that. I have lots of vines in my, my woods. And... So a couple of years ago, we, we go in there with chainsaws and we whack these vines off. You know, there's two people with half a day or most of the day just whacking all these vines off. And I go in there yesterday and then we did it, that was about four years ago. And then two years ago, we did it, one guy went in through there and whacked a bunch of them off. I'm trying to kill these vines because they're pulling the trees down and they're crawling all over, you know. Well, yesterday I was in there looking for deer and sure enough, the vines are doing fine. They're all over the place. But what... The thing is, these vines are connected to a main vine. There's a, there's a big one at the ground, and it's getting it's getting nourishment there. And the ones that we whacked off were just the ones going up. Well, we whacked that off, but that vine went everywhere and was usually connected somewhere else. So it's just getting it's just connected. That was the problem. So I think I have some less vines. Maybe I don't know. Actually, I don't think I have any less vines. They're still all there. Uh, they're just off the ground now, about this far, because the tree actually grew a little bit. Uh, but it's it's a little bit the same way. Uh, I think if we're connected, connected to the body, connected to the word, connected to the spirit, if something comes off and chops us here, we, we still get life over here. The vines the vines all tend to be in my woods are all pretty much in one area. There's I haven't I haven't found I think if I find one vine by itself out in the middle of my field or pasture or by my one tree, I could probably whack it off and just kill it. But um, most of these vines are all kind of in this same big area. It's probably about 20 acres of it. So I like it in one sense. The other way is it kills my trees. But this is a parable about a, a farmer. And, I, and, then, and uh, Christ said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that, does, that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, if you remember what Joseph went through, why did he spend a couple of years in prison? 
He was being pruned. He worked in the prison. Pretty soon he was in the prison guards. He, he was under the guards and he was serving the prisoners. And he was interpreting the, the dreams and things like that. He was being pruned to work for the, for the Lord so the Lord could work through him later. And if we're going through prunings right now, I guess my question is a little bit, I was thinking this might be a little, little bit different. Uh, follow my thinking here, that we have a choice to be connected to the vine or not. This is a choice. I remember when Scott Hostetler was here, he said that God gave us a choice and he honors our choice. We need to honor people's choice as well. And so if we're not connected today to the vine, why not? And if their pruning needs to happen in your life, the, it says the vine dresser prunes, um, that they may bear more fruit. And if, if there's things that need to be pruned, in my heart today, today is the day to do it. And pruning, I'm talking about like bitterness or anger, things I mentioned before, hate. You have hate in your heart towards our government or things that happen in the political system or anger towards your family or pride. You know, if, if we have uh, problems because we've been despised by our friends or family uh, or people around us or rejected, let's prune that off. And, you know, and God, God can fill us with that love, joy, and hope. In Galatians, uh, this says that, that it may be, okay, let me revert, uh, re read chapter 15, verse 2. It says, every branch of me that does not bear, uh, does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit... He prunes that it may be bear more fruit. And one of the things that Galatians 5, 22 to 24 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gladness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's one of the fruits of the Spirit if you connect it to the vine. And one of the things that I'm working on in my life is self-discipline, self-control. And we are, a couple of us are on this uh, exercise program that requires a lot of self-control and self-discipline. And that's one of the one of the fruits of the spirit that you can be able to say no to your fleshly desires. And if you're having a hard time with that, prune it off. Get rid of it. Verse three says, You're already clean because the word which I've spoken to you. Verse four says, Abide in me and I in you. Christ is saying, Abide, stay in me, and I will stay in you. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So some, some people, this is talking about people, vines, branches, Christ is the vine, we are the branches, is what he said. Okay? This is an illustration for people. And some people, some branches like to walk alongside the vine. That's what I'm, uh, people like to come in and out of church, don't, don't really, are not really connected. What Christ is saying, if you want power, power comes from the, from the vine, being connected. So that we have power to overcome addictions and things that harbor us from growing so that the Lord is able to use us. Things that Joseph faced could have given him lots of opportunity for Satan to work and grow and fester and, and become a bitter man, but no. Actually, it made him stronger because he was connected to the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord was with him, and the Lord moved mightily in his heart. 
Verse 6, if, anybody, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into a fire and they are burned. Now I'm reading this as a farmer that sees a branch that is not, it's not doing well. He whacks it off, takes it out, and burns it. And I think this, this will happen, uh, maybe not today, but at the end of time, we will be pruned, the ones that are un- unfaithful and unfruitful will be pruned and burned. Judgment will come. But it says in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's Christ talking, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And my desire is to have the fruits of the Spirit. And God promises it here. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think I skipped goodness, but uh, that's the desire for my heart. I've met people, and I know how it is not to have that. <clears throat> and it says a promise here in verse 7, is if you abide in me, if you stay with me, and my words, you stay with the Holy Word, and you will ask what you desire. If you desire is to stay with the Lord and stay in His Word, you will ask according to the Father's will. I'm, I'm, and I'm adding a little bit there. Ask what you desire, and it should be done to you. If you just take this verse and, and, uh, and apply it to your, to your business or something where you need a bunch of money, that, that's not what we're talking about here. But we're talking about the fruit out of your life and your soul of being connected to the Spirit of the Lord. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. We need to turn our eyes, we need to turn what is happening to the Lord and not just to us. And I'm, I, I think I bring this up to abundant life here. If, if people are being reached, things are happening, and so we need to give God, God the glory. It's not us. It's God working. It's, the, it's being connected to the Spirit and let the Spirit come and do what He may. <clears throat> 